Father God, we confess that to you, that you are good. We are grateful that you have never, ever, ever let us down. Even though on a daily basis we feel let down from others, we feel let down from the world around us, you will never let us down because you're good. And that goodness means that you love us. You love us because we matter to you. So God, as we turn our hearts and our minds to your scripture this morning, will you open it to us in a new way? Will you allow your Holy Spirit to open our eyes and enlighten our hearts and expose us to that love in a way that we've never ever experienced that we would be a reflection of that love to the world around us it's in your name that we pray amen you may have a seat hi my name is daryl and this is why i matter why i matter is directly tied to the purpose that god has given to each of our lives um, goes back in my case because of you know some things that have happened through throughout my life and, and one of those um, is in my adult life uh, dealing with serious illness and not knowing what I was going to how long I was going to be here if I was going to have the impact I wanted to have on my children but understanding again in that total context that it didn't have to be all me there was this family this community this faith there's a God I think each of us finding our individual abilities and using those uh, in the way that God had intended and purposed in our lives is part of the journey and the challenge. But when we get closer to that, each step, that's part of how we matter in the larger scheme of how we impact our world. One of the uh, opportunities at Parkview that they've been that we've been involved with as a church is the you know, North Avenue in general, and then in Villa Park with the schools in particular. I think uh, another one is. When we look at, um, more recently, the refugee and humanitarian crisis throughout the world, but we're getting an understanding that that's still DuPage County also because of people coming here and making those local connections and and understanding that there's local, regional, and and world need uh, is really, to me, makes a big impact. And to understand, I, I can't make a difference on the world stage as an individual person but I can collectively, as a group with other people from Parkview, with other people uh, in the faith that have the ability to do that. What I would say to someone who feels like they don't matter is, I mean, the simple answer is you do matter. The things that make you feel like you don't matter, are the that's the world. Those are the, the pressures and the things that you're, you're putting upon yourself or other people are putting upon you. But there's this God that says, take all that away. All those things that burden you, all those things that worry you, all those things that you feel like you have to do, Take that away and focus in on what's important. Well, good morning. My name is Michael Poorman, and I'm one of the pastors here. And I want to tell you how excited I am to be with you this morning. And uh, to start our time together, we're going to do a little exercise. So I need a little crowd participation, and we can have a little fun in church. So I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say, I matter to God. Now, I want, to, I want you to look at the person sitting next to you or somewhere near you or around your row and say, you matter to God. Now, I want you to say, uh, people I don't know matter to God. 
Uh, just, just one more, one more. Say, people I don't like matter to God. Yeah, I heard those laughs out there, right? Those first three were a little bit easier. Uh, that last one is a little bit more tough, isn't it? Uh, thank you for participating in that little exercise. And I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4, as that's where we'll spend most of our time today in 1 John chapter 4. And if you're a guest, as Dave said, we are in a series called Why We? You know, asking the, the question why seems easy. Uh, and it, because it's just a small little tiny word, uh, but when it's used, it opens up the way to clarity, learning, and understanding. Why questions force us to step back and think about what we do. And so in this series, we've been taking a look at key things we do as a church and then the scriptural why behind them. And so our little exercise just a moment ago uh, was a way to get us to think about why we matter. But I want to come back and I'm going to ask you these questions directly. And I want you to imagine that you and I are sitting at a coffee shop eye to eye over a cup of coffee while I ask you these questions. Do you matter? Does the person sitting next to you matter? Do people we don't know or even like matter? I mean, the real question we're asking today is, do people matter to God? Do they matter to the world? Do they matter to us as a church? And I'll lay my cards out on the table and tell you that my contention is yes to all of these questions. But sometimes, although it's hard to admit, we don't always treat other people like they matter, do we? Right? We have certain levels in our minds where we say yes to these people, but no to those people. So I want us to ponder what determines worth. What determines someone's worth? Is it, is it, is it their job? Is it their, their title? Is it their skill or how much money they make? Their influence, their nationality, their righteousness, what? What determines someone's worth? Well, the term matter can be defined as being of importance or having significance. And I want to tell you something today. You matter. You are of importance to God. You have significance to him. I mean, you matter so much to him that he created you in the first place. Psalm 139 tells us that uh, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully, wonderfully made. And more than that, Genesis 1 goes on to tell us that no matter race or culture or anything else, we are created in the image of God. We are his image bearers. And even though our rebellion has marred that image, every life matters to him who formed us in the womb and knows every hair on our head, even those of us who have no hair. Listen, God doesn't create things that do not matter. And he definitely doesn't create things in his own image that do not matter. Why we matter or that importance or significance when you break it down to the most basic of levels is all about love. Being loved for who we are is crucial. And although many times intangible, 
It's the way that we know that we matter. In other words, knowing we are loved is the evidence of knowing why we matter. And that's why for some of you, it's really hard to know that you lo- you're loved or you're mad- that you matter because you've never really been loved. And I want to tell you, that if that is your experience, I am so sorry. And if you hear nothing else from me today, I want you to hear this. You matter and are wildly loved by God. Let me say that again. You matter and are wildly loved by God. And if you don't know it or you don't feel it today, I want to say it one more time so you hear it. You matter and you are wildly loved by God. You know, as I pondered this question of worth and why we matter, I kept coming back to this answer of love. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, you don't love things that aren't important, and you don't really love things that do not matter. And then I came across our passage for today from 1 John chapter 4. Listen to what the Apostle John says in 1 John 4 verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Love comes from God and God is love. This is where love originated because God is the totality of love. Author and speaker Shauna Nequist, uh, when talking about God's love in her book, Present Over Perfect, puts it this way. She says, when I pray, I picture a red heart, that perfectly simple red heart. And in the silence, I am reminded of God's love that began before I was born and that will continue far past the end of my life. Before the day begins, I close my eyes and I picture that red heart. And I remind myself what is true, that God loves me. And that there is nothing I can do in this new day to earn more love. Nothing. And I also, and also that there's nothing I can do in this new day to ruin or break that love. Nothing. I can't imagine anything more life-changing for an earner like me. That love is secure no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. But you see, it gets even better because the Apostle John goes on to write, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, you matter and God loves you so much that verse 9 says he sent his one and only son into the world. The Apostle John defines love for us here. We matter so much to God that he sent his only son into the world for us. And listen, you don't send your son as a sacrifice into a sinful world for people that do not matter. And you don't go through excruciating pain and die on a cross for something or someone that doesn't matter. You only die for something that truly matters. And you matter and are wildly loved by God. You matter so much to God that he sent his son to live the life we could never live, to die the death we all deserve, and he did this for you and for me. 
God is love. And he sent his one and only son to be the greatest act of love in the history of mankind. So I will say it again. You matter and are wildly loved by God. And the person sitting next to you or in your row matters and they are wildly loved by God. But it's not just those of us in this room or who've attended Parkview today that matter, right? It's all those who aren't here. Remember, God so loved the world. That's why all people matter to God, and that's why it's important to us as a church. And because all people matter to God, they matter to us. This is a core value of Parkview. And if you've been here around for any length of time, you know that that's true. Therefore, it is our desire as a church to show every person the love and grace of Jesus. Look back at the text to see what John says about how we do this in verse 12. He says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So here's the deal. God's love is made complete when we love other people. Loving one another is the byproduct of God's generosity towards us, meaning that God lives within us and his love is made complete through us. Let me say that again. God lives within us and his love is made complete through us. This explains John's reference to the invisibility of God in this verse where he says, no one has ever seen God. The way to make God visible is to love one another. It makes the intangible God more tangible. And as I've already said, love is the evidence of knowing we matter. And so loving others makes God's invisible love visible. Think about that for a second. Loving other people makes God's invisible love visible. It has the great potential to make it real for someone. Through you. And then John reminds us of the power of the Holy Spirit that prompts us towards these acts of love. He says, This is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Here it is again. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And I will tell you, as I prepared this talk, I was struck by that last verse that says, whoever lives in love lives in God. Because this is a church that desires to live in God and live in love. We want to rely on the love God has for us and respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit with love for all people, to show them the tangible love and grace of Jesus so that they know that they matter. We want to show people that they are wildly loved by God because people matter to him and they matter to us. John states it another way in the next verse. He says, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. The New Living Translation puts it this way. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect 
So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. I love that. Because we live like Jesus here in this world. In other words, God's love is made complete when we do something. God's love is made complete when we do something. And that something is love. When we love, we make his love complete. Our role as Christ followers and ultimately as the church is to live in God and love others. Or in essence, live like Jesus in this world and make his love complete. Because here's the deal, folks. We are God's plan A for the redemption of this world and there is no plan B. God wants to use us to complete his purposes. And we believe as a church that we are to be like Jesus in this world and Jesus loved all people. Every race, orientation, religious background, black, white, Hispanic, male, female, refugee, or any other identifier. He loved everybody. But sometimes we have a hard time showing love to people like these groups I've mentioned because they're different from us. Right? We're, we're afraid of people who are different from us. And it's hard to be afraid of someone and truly love them. It's hard to be afraid of someone and truly love them. Because fear, fear chokes out love. It has the potential to stifle love, but Scripture reassures us that there is no fear in love. And that... But love drives, but perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love drives out fear. But for many people today, even those in the church, they're afraid. They're scared. They're afraid of the new neighbor two doors down that is a different nationality than them that just moved into the neighborhood. They're afraid of their LGBT coworker. They're afraid of the Muslim dad in the school pickup line. You see, most of the time, it's easy to show love and respect and dignity and value to those who are like us and agree with us, but fear often cripples us to love one another when people are not like us. Fear of someone's opinions or values that are different from ours keeps us from freely loving the way Jesus would love. But we are called, as individuals and as a church, to love like Jesus. People we don't know, people we don't like, and people we don't agree with. We are called to love them because they matter to God. Look at what John reminds us of in this passage. He says in verse 19, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. Not because the person receiving my love looks or acts like me. There, there are no stipulations on loving here. There's no cautions in this scripture. There's just full-on, unadulterated love and compassion for another human being, no matter what they look like, sound like, or act like. People matter to God, so they matter to us. 
Now, this unadulterated love for other people is easier said than done, isn't it? Right? It's, it's easy to say one thing. It's harder to live it out. And I've given you some examples that we hear in our culture today. But I want to give you a very practical example of how this has played out in my own life. You see, I have some very close friends whom I love dearly, who recently went through the pain and confusion of an affair. And I'm not sure if you've ever had someone or, or, or in your life that this has happened to, uh, but this was my first close face-to-face encounter with this kind of thing. And some people had, had told me, oh yeah, when I turned your age, some of my friends started going through that and those kind of things. That didn't really help because it floored me. It floored me. I found myself angry and hurt and confused by the situation that it often consumed me, that there were days that I'd be here working and I couldn't get work done because it consumed me. I was disappointed, but more than that, I was just really mad. So much so that I wanted to just cut this relationship out of my life. And I will tell you, we didn't talk for months. But as often is the case with close relationships, there came a time recently when we would be getting together, seeing each other face to face for the very first time in a long while. I'm going to tell you something. I was afraid, I was scared. Fear was choking out my love because deep down, I did not want to get together. I did not want to love. I wanted to stay mad and I wanted to justify it. And then the more I thought about it, I realized I was afraid of my own judgment of someone I had called friend. I was afraid that I would have to love someone in a messy situation. I was afraid of what I'd have to tell my kids. I was afraid if we got together, maybe they wouldn't respond well or I wouldn't respond well and we'd get into an argument in what was supposed to be a celebration. But as hard as all that is, I leaned into that tension and we got together. And I'm going to tell you, it was awkward. It was not without its awkward moments. But I did have a chance when we got together to sit face to face with this person and say, I love you. And I'm not going to tell you that everything is all roses because we have a long way to go, but I will tell you one thing. I am determined to not let fear win in these relationships. Fear is not going to win in this friendship because love drives out all fear. And this driving out, it's a progressive term. The more you love, the less you fear. The more you love, the less you fear. And when you enter into their life and their story and you engage more deeply, fear decreases and it's driven out. And if we are to be like Jesus in this world, then we must 
individually and as a church, move past fear and love people in their mess. Because even in their brokenness, they matter to God and they should matter to us. And instead of writing them off for their poor choices, we should lean in and love them rather than letting fear rule our relationships. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Another way to translate it is this. The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. You've got to love both. You see, we are called to love God and love others. We are to make God's love complete by loving people because they matter to him. Their worth is not based on their job or how much money they make, their skill, their influence, their race, or how much they mess up, or any other external or internal factor. God loves everyone, and he wants us to do the same. So what does this mean for you and for me and for us as a church body? I mean, how can we live out this call to love people and show them that they matter? Well, maybe, maybe for you, maybe for you, it's to love yourself. Maybe for you, you've been told so long that you don't matter that you don't even believe it anymore or you never really did. And so maybe for you this week is to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I matter, and I am wildly loved by God. And for the first time in a long time or maybe ever, you see your identity in Christ for the very first time. Or maybe like me, you need to lean into a relationship that you've been avoiding for a while, and you've felt it in your gut since I've been talking. Because your relationship with them matters, they matter, and you matter. Maybe you need to invite that family down the street that just moved in of a different nationality over to your home for dinner to get to know them. Because they matter. Maybe, maybe you need to invite your LGBT coworker out to lunch with no agenda just to get to know them because they matter. Maybe for you it's to move past fear and finally strike up the conversation with the Muslim dad in the school pickup line because he matters. Or maybe for you it's, it's to love and care for our homeless population in DuPage County because they're often overlooked, but they matter to God. I don't know what it is for you today. Maybe it's even serving in a ministry here at Parkview. Maybe in children's ministry or student ministries because kids and students matter. Or maybe for you it's to engage in some of the things we do in our community like everybody does that's coming up in May where we go out and serve the community because our community matters. 
Or maybe for you, it's to serve on Monday nights and sit eye to eye with someone who's recovering from an addiction because people who are recovering from addictions matter to God. I don't know what it is for you. But nothing I just said is complicated, is it? And that's the way it is with love. Love isn't complicated. It's actually often very simple. It comes in small acts, conversations, a phone call, a dinner. Love comes in small acts. But whatever it is for you today, I'm going to challenge you to live into it this week. Whatever God has been stirring in your heart since you've listened to me for a few moments, I want you to write it down. And I don't want you to move past it this week. You see, a lot of times we come in here and we say, was the church leaves the building because the church isn't, isn't what we're sitting in right now. It's us. Right? As the church leaves the building, we can often come in here, listen, and go into our weeks and then forget about what happened on Sunday. But this is so crucial, I don't want you to miss it. In a few moments, we're going to sing a a few songs. And if you need to do some business with God and write something down, take the opportunity to spend time with him. I don't want you to get to Wednesday of this next week and say, I forgot about what happened on Sunday. Because I believe that this is so crucial to what Jesus wants for us and from us. Because as the church leaves the building today, every single one of us can show people that they matter. Every single one of us can show people that they matter by collectively making God's love complete. And that's by loving our neighbor. Because just like you and me, they are wildly loved by God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that you created us each individually and that we are your image bearers. And that alone is worth knowing we matter. But God, not only did you just create us, You sent Jesus to be a sacrifice for our sin. And we pause and we say thank you. The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for our sin is beyond comprehension to us, God. And so we say thank you. And we matter that much to you that you sacrificed your own son. And God, this week as we go out into the world, if we need to do some business with you, I pray that we would carve out that time. And God, if anyone here needs to hear again that they matter and are wildly loved by you, God, I pray that you would help them to not miss that. that you would help them to receive that maybe for the first time. But God, it is my prayer that we would take the love you have for us 
and we would turn it towards others. And that we, God, would be the hands and feet of Jesus to this world. Because, God, I believe it's what you want for us and from us. You want us to be a people. You want us to be a church who loves. Who loves without question. So that people know that they matter to you. And that their value and their worth is in you alone. God, I pray that you would give us the strength to do something with what we've heard today and live into it this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'd really like to sing that part again. But before we do, I don't, I don't know where you entered this last five weeks of our time together, this why we series, whether you've been here since we the very beginning when we talked about worship or whether today is your first day, but the reality of it is that we exist to lead people into transforming relationships with Jesus Christ. How we worship, how we gather together, how we serve the community, all of that boils down to that truth. We do this not for you, We do this for God. If you didn't gather the fact that church isn't for you, but it's for us to give to God, then you missed the whole purpose of the series. I don't think you did, because we made it pretty clear. But my hope is that you recognize the truth that comes from the blood of Jesus Christ that has been poured out for you, that you are forgiven, that you are made whole, that there is nothing you can do today that will make him love you more than he does right now in this moment. You matter to God. And as a church filled with people who matter to God, we have the privilege to exit these doors and love the rest of the world that matters to God as much as you do. So as you sing this beautiful hymn one last time, Will you sing loud and proud? Will you make it a prayer to God this morning? And then we'll be done. Let's sing. Father, as your church prepares to leave this building, will you give us the strength and the courage to live a life marked by your love? That everywhere we go, people would see that in us. God, we're grateful that we matter to you. We're so thankful for that truth. So we ask that in the days and weeks to come that you remind us of that very truth. We would live in that. We wake up every morning reflecting on that and go to bed every night thankful for it. So we give you the glory this morning. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, just as a reminder, today really is the last day to sign up for a life group. So step out there. There's folks that would love to help you. And there's folks that would love to pray with you here in the front. So come down and say hi. Have a great week.